Welcome to the Business Life and Joy podcast, where we believe that both your business and your life can be filled with joy. If you want to grow an online business without fear, self-doubt, or the need to take on a hustle around the clock mindset, you are in the right place at the right time. I'm your host, Shante Grant, creative entrepreneur, teacher, two-time online business owner, mom, wife, and friend. Thank you for being present with me for today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. So today I want to talk to you about what to do when you find that your orders are simply not coming in at all, are slow, inconsistent, or random at best. During the summer months, I hear business owners' number one complaint being the summer slump. And what the summer slump is, is it's just a time when sales are down for a lot of business owners because families, consumers are just more focused on trips to the beach and to the lake, their children being out of school, summer camps, nice weather, family events, weddings, camping out, and just so much more. And so while many business owners experience a drop in sales during the summer months of May, June, and July, I have found that summer is not always the reason for that quote unquote summer slump. And because this episode is being recorded in the middle of the summer, I know that it's going to be timely for a lot of my listeners who may be experiencing the end of the summer slump or may have been experiencing a type of slump at any point in the year. And so I want to give you three things to do if you have ever found yourself experiencing a significant drop in sales or no sales at all, or better yet, if you just have slow and just unsteady sales. Basically, when you find yourself lacking consistent sales coming into your business each and every week. So I'm gonna give you three places to begin to really unearth the likely reason behind your slow sales, as well as to give you some actionable strategy and steps that you can take to ensure that your work and what you have to offer is being presented to willing and able customers who are seeking or in need of exactly what you have to offer. Now, before I get started with these three things, I want you to one, promise me you will listen to the entire episode. Don't step at one, don't step at two, because actually all three play hand in hand together. And I also want you to come in with an open mind and remember that this advice most likely is going to be for those of you who do not have a team, meaning you don't have people on your staff or on your team or employees whose job is to help you with content creation and social media strategy. I know that's the majority that may be the majority of you who are listening. And so I want you to remember that and keep that in mind that what I'm talking about, a lot of the strategies that I'm talking about today, it's for those of you who are handling a lot of the marketing on your own. And so that means you're going to hear me put some limitations and restrictions on that or suggest that so that you can do more by doing less, which of course is something you've heard on this podcast time and time again. So with that little caveat and with that little kind of disclaimer, if you will, at the front, let's get started and talk about the three things I want you to do when you find yourself having slow to no sales. Okay, so first up is the very first thing I want you to do is to take out a sheet of paper or open a Google Doc and list out the different channels that you use to communicate with your audience. Now that can include a Facebook page, a Facebook group, Facebook ads, Instagram, Instagram ads, Pinterest, Pinterest ads, Snapchat, your email list, a podcast, YouTube, a blog, your Periscope or vlog. There really are lots of opportunities and the options are endless, but wherever those places are that you use to communicate to your audience, I want you to make a list of all of those things. Now, for most of you, that's probably going to include Instagram, Facebook, perhaps Pinterest, I hope an email list, um, and you may have others, uh, maybe a blog. I think those may be like five of the most popular options, but whichever ones that you are doing, I want you to write them down. And after you write down those channels, I then want you to write out how consistent you have been in each of those places over the last 30 60 and 90 days, meaning how often are you there posting, replying to comments, 
speaking to your audience or pinning? How often and how consistent have you shown up within a 30-day time frame, 60-day, and 90-day? Meaning out of 30 days, did you post 30 times, 60 times, 20 times, two times? And do that for each of those channels that you wrote down. That's going to give you some information, first and foremost, to show you perhaps where you have lacked some consistency. But most importantly, what that's going to show you is Are you spreading yourself too thin by trying to be everywhere at the same time, simultaneously using and leveraging multiple platforms where and not seeing a real result from that, I guess is the point. For instance, are you currently trying to master Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook for your business? If so, if you single-handedly are trying to master all three of those platforms, you are not going to succeed in any of those as much as you would if you picked one strategically and gave your intention and your focus and your time and your intentionality in that one place, you will see more results by focusing on that one place than you ever will when you're trying to spread yourself thin over three. Another thing I want you to think about is, are you using multiple platforms the exact same way? Every different platform has its own strength. If you're trying to fit a square in a round peg, it's not going to work. If you're trying to fit a triangle in a circle, it's not going to work. We have to strategize and use each platform for what it's created for really and apply and play to its strengths. And so if you found that you're doing a lot of cross posting, or you're posting the same content with the same caption in every single place, chances are that's also going to give you a clue as to why you may not have seen some success and some conversion from your use of those platforms and then getting those customers from your social media platform or from your blog to your website and then into the cart, onto your email list and, you know, a customer. And so there, there's a trail that happens so beautifully and so organically when you use the platforms correctly. But I want you to first start there by noticing, you know, am I spreading myself too thin? A lot of times, time after time, I see that that is usually the number one problem is that you're not really shining anywhere. And so you're not really, well, that's it. You're not shining anywhere. And so it makes it very difficult to really build something that's going to reap results and give you a high turn return on your investment. And usually your investment is the time you use in those different platforms. So let me be clear and tell you exactly what to do because I feel like I've said a lot of words. After you make your list and you look at your consistency, that's going to give you some information so that you can see two things. One, have you really been consistent or have you been really inconsistent? Because that's going to clue you in also about the lack of sales you're seeing. Number two is also going to reveal to you, are you trying to spread yourself too thin? Are you trying to be in multiple places at the same time and really build simultaneously? So those are the two things you're going to learn when you make that list and you look at your consistency. Now, I do want to be clear. I am not saying that your business should not have a presence on multiple platforms. But what I am saying is that it is near impossible to single-handedly champion each platform all at the same time. So what I suggest instead, for those of you who do not have a team or a staff that allows you to divide and conquer various forms of social media, um, I want you to focus on one at a time because we cannot do everything and do it all well. But it is very, very possible to do one thing exceptionally well and reap the rewards and the benefits in that one place and then move on to another place. And I can give you an example of that for sure. The first of which is, so for Because of Zoe Designs, I spend very little time on Instagram these days. It used to be my hero platform, the place that I've spent the most of my time. And I did see a very well return on my investment of time spent on Instagram. However, that now has shifted to my Facebook group, not even just my Facebook page, but my Facebook group. I spend more time there and give that my attention and grow that and see the reward and the return in that area. And because of that, that means I'm not on Pinterest pinning, I'm not on Instagram, Instagramming a ton or on Instagram stories a ton. Now, I do have an Instagram account and I do have a Pinterest account for Because of Zoe. 
but that doesn't mean that that's where my time is being spent. Now, now that I have my Facebook group in a place where I can engage in it and I have a really good groove there, I actually just recently hired someone who is going to take over my Pinterest for me and alongside me because, you know, it's still reflective of my brand. But I can pay someone to take over my Pinterest, but not take over my Facebook group, right? Because the point of the Facebook group is it's me. It's me getting to interact with my audience. And I love that. I wouldn't want someone to ever take over that for me. I want to be the person that they're talking to because that's what my customers come to expect. And that's what I love. I love getting to talk to my customers. And so I know if I limit my time to that one place and focus there, I see a much greater return on my investment. And that's why you will not see tons of posts on Instagram. And when you do, they are pre-planned 99% of the time. If I'm on Insta stories is to share some snippet or it's something that was again, pre-planned. It's because my energies and my time have to be on the place that for me has the best return on my investment and that I enjoy the most. And it happens to be that they're the same thing. And that's within my Facebook group. And so notice I didn't say I deleted my Instagram account or I deleted my Pinterest. They're there, but they're not, you know, where I'm most active. So that's what I'm saying. You need to pick the place where you're going to really give your all and be there and grow that place. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to choose that one place and devote yourself to showing up there consistently. Because remember, we can't do everything and do it all well. And consistency, to be clear, is not just about how often you post pictures or blog content, but it's the heart behind what you're sharing and providing. Are you providing something that actually has some kind of substance or a purpose or a meaning uh, behind that thing that you're posting or sharing. And so you want your communications and your marketing efforts to your audience to have some type of variety. You don't wanna just show, for instance, if you're a product-based business, every post is a product. Um, Or if you're a blogger, every post is a how-to, one, two, three step. You wanna kind of break it up and give some type of variety to your audience. The second thing is you want to speak to the value of your customers with your content. And That means you have to know the values of your customer. Speak to those things that matter to your customer because that's what's going to get them to actually respond. Because when you talk about things that matter to people, they tend to respond. I mean, think of something that you're really interested in or that really means a lot to you. And whenever you hear someone talking on that topic, you have something to say, you have thoughts, you have a response, right? That's what you want to incite and ignite in your customers and in your audience, some the things that speak to their values as it relates to your products. For instance, for me, I sell products to moms. And so I know one thing that speaks to their values is family and being moms of daughters. You know, those are things that mean a great deal to my audience and anything that has to do with parenting. There they're really are things that are gonna speak to their heartstrings and speak to them as moms because I also am a mom. And so you wanna find the thing that speak to the values of your customers as it relates to your product And third, you want to make your audience dream of what life will be like when they have your product in their life. And that means make them see the benefits of your product, whether it's their dog will be healthier now because now the dog is eating your organic dog treats. So how life looks differently with your product in the dog bowl as opposed to the gunk that they could buy at the animal store, right? Or is the picture that their daughter will be picture perfect for her birthday photo? So do you sell the props for the birthday photo, the, you know, the hair bows, the headband, the clothing, the bib, the special decor, you know, the painting that picture is letting them see what life looks like when they have that product in their lives. And when you can do that, that again, not only will ignite something in your audience, it will spark engagement. It will spark someone saying, making a comment about it. Oh my gosh, I love that. I have to have that. How did you set that up? Oh, what is that over there? You know, you want to ignite that and and really get the your audience invested in what it is that you're sharing. The fourth thing you want to do is you want to elicit feedback and conversation. So that's whether you're posting things about, you know, I'm coming up with this new idea and I have this and this, you know, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about for summer? What colors are you looking for for fall? You know, some type of conversation, eliciting conversation and feedback in your post. 
And another thing you want to do, number five, is you want to share social proof. Now, I see a lot of products-based businesses do this really well, particularly when it relates to showing customer products. But I mean, but social proof can be customer reviews, testimonials, um, sharing photos of customers using your products where it's possible and when it's relevant. Say, share social proof. Say that three times fast. <laughs> um and that's the fifth thing that you want your content to do. And lastly, you want your content to wow and awe. And that means you want to post things that people are saying, oh my gosh, I love that. When is that going to be out? That's really great. I love that idea. Or all of them saying, oh, wow, that story behind that product or the story behind the brand you want to react, you want your customer to have some type of strong emotion. Uh, and that's why I say, wow, meaning, wow, I have to have that or being left being left in awe of your story or why you do what you do or how you do what you do or sharing the connection between your own personal life um, and your brand or a personal experience and your brand. But think of ways it doesn't have to be every single post and it shouldn't be every single share and post or email. But how can you consistently but not repeatedly consistently consistently but not repeatedly so hopefully that makes sense to you meaning it's enough where it's consistent but it's not every post repeating itself right where you can wow and awe your audience and so that was those six things I said that you want to do to really show consistency um is so basically what I'm saying is outside of thinking of consistency as time, you know, how many times do I need to post or how many times do I need to share? Think about consistency also in terms of the quality and the heart behind it. And so the six things that you want to do was to have a variety, to speak to the values of your customers, to make your audience dream of what life will be like when they have that product in their own lives, elicit feedback and conversation, share social proof, and then wow and awe. If you can do those things consistently, and remember now you're doing it in this one place so you can really think of content and really play up to that platform, I think you're going to notice a big difference in the your use of that platform. Now, a lot of times people ask, well, how much is too much? And my response to that is, first of all, you have to remember in your business that people can give you principles, but you then have to take it and apply it to your audience. No one can tell you if you post every single day to your audience, you're going to see X result. Now, what we can do is tell you if you're consistently show up, you see, we'll see results. And so when it comes to asking, you know, for consistency's sake, consistent can be something different depending on your audience and the platform that you're using, as well as your brand. So don't think of what is that magic number? Someone tell me how many times to do it. Stop looking at your business as I need someone to give me the magical formula. One plus two equals 3000, right? Rather look for the principles. I've given you what it means to show up consistently as far as kind of the variety and what to give in the content. Now you have to ask yourself, how often do I need to show up in each one of these places? Is it posting once a day? Is it twice a day? Is it a little bit heavier? You know, maybe the, up the two weeks leading to a launch or some kind of new product. But you have to be able to figure that out for your own business. And a lot of that may be trial and error. But when you're and that's the beauty, again, of focusing on that one place, it gives you an opportunity to test and to trial and then see the results because you're only focused on that one place. And so I'm not going to do what many people will and say you need to post X amount of times a day or X amount of times a week. But what I will tell you is you want to be consistent and consistency means the point of being remembered and people feeling as though you are giving them value. Think of this. Have you ever found yourself scrolling on social media or checking your email and you see a name or a business name and you have no idea who it is? And you're like, when did I follow this person? When did I get on their list? I don't know who this is. I don't know what this email is about. I don't know what this post is about. They have not been consistent because you have forgotten them. You have forgotten Did you sign up for them? Who is this business? What is this product? When did I ever follow them? That person hasn't been consistent because they're no longer on top of your top of your mind and they have not given you something. They have not provided some value to you, whether that value is just making you laugh by reading their hilarious Instagram quotes. Right. 
that's value. You remember that. I remember a lot of the funny things I read on Instagram. I like them. I save them. I share them. That's value. That's staying top of mind. And so ask yourself, how many times a week do I need to provide something to my audience in order to stay top of mind, which and please don't think that means every hour because that's that's just annoying them and then they will eventually leave, right? Um, unless your stuff is just that good um, and too much of any good thing is, you know? So <laughs> all these sidebars, but think of it in the way of what do I need to do to stay top of mind? And each time that I'm doing something, it is rendering some type of value to my customer, whether it's informing them about, you know, something coming up, giving them some behind the scenes, making them laugh, making them feel some kind of way. Think of it from that standpoint. And I hope that makes sense that you cannot let someone else tell you some magic formula for your business because every business is different. Every audience, you know, your audience may be different from another person's audience. Your audience may not want to hear from you, you know, every single day. Your audience may not need to hear from you every single day, but I can guarantee you your audience does need to hear from you every single week in some form of fashion. You don't need to send an email every week, but maybe you need to show up on your Facebook group every week minus the maybe for your Facebook group. But hopefully that makes sense what I'm saying. Basically, I'm just trying to say there's no magic formula. Be consistent. Consistency has two parts, the number of times and then the quality, the variety that you're giving within those number of times. So the next thing I want you to do, and this is still number one, this is still what we're doing while we're focused on this this one platform, because that's really the first thing is what we're doing is deciding on what that one platform is going to be. I want you to evaluate whether or not you're using that platform currently. Are you playing to the strength of that platform? And so here's what I mean. If you're on Instagram, the strength of Instagram, it's its ability to just capture you with, capture you with photos. And now you have Instagram stories. So, you know, are you using Instagram stories? How are you sharing and using Instagram stories? It's something that you can um, use to stay top of mind because your name is going to appear at the top of their feed. If you go live on Instagram stories, you're going to be jumped to the very front of those feeds, but you don't want to do it so much that people just say, oh my gosh, this person goes live every day. I'm not going to check it out. But during those high peak times when you have something really important going on or something really important to share, it's a great time to go live because it's going to immediately push you to the left, which is the top left of the Instagram feed. And people are going to see you, at least as it works today. Another thing is, are you using pictures that are going to catch the attention of your audience? Would your audience know that the photos that you post are from you or are they so cookie cutter that it takes them a while to figure out it's your content or even worse, they just glaze over it without even giving it a second thought. So you want to make sure that your content, your audience is going to notice it and it's going to catch their eye in as they're scrolling through their Instagram feed because Instagram is something that most people, you know, 99.99999% of the time are scrolling through looking at on their phones. Also, if you're using Instagram, are you encouraging customers to use a special branded hashtag when they use your products or to tag you? We know that a strength of Instagram um, is hashtags, whereas it wouldn't be on Facebook. So basically what I'm saying is you need to learn that platform. Why was this platform created? What do people come here for? And then how can I plug into that? I'm not going to use Instagram like Pinterest. I'm not going to use Pinterest like Instagram. I'm not going to use Instagram like Facebook or Facebook like Pinterest or like, you know, Instagram like Snapchat. You just kind of want to make sure you're playing to the strength of that platform. Another example is if a Facebook page is your platform of choice um, where you're going to speak to your audience, are you using video? Are you going live on your page? Are you using it to share relevant articles and information? Are you having back-to-back conversations, which is a lot easier to do on Facebook? Are you linking back to your website often, but not obsessively? Are you... um, optimizing your page, your cover image, your branded image? Do you have a pinned post with a call to action or introduction to your brand or your business? Again, this is learning about the strength of a platform and then using that to its full capabilities. Otherwise, it's kind of like, why why go to the gym just to walk around in a circle? Well, there's so much more in the gym. They have these weights. They have trainers that can help you, you know. So don't go to this great place and not utilize all that it has to offer, particularly the things that are absolutely free. You know, if you have a Facebook group, that's your main platform. Do you 
only come in there when you have a sale? Do you only come in there to talk to your audience about projects? Well, no, Facebook groups are great because they're behind closed doors. We, we talked about the power of Facebook in episode 12 and just all the things that you can do because it's kind of, well, it is behind closed doors. So do you encourage your audience to post and to share within the group to talk amongst each other so that they can create a community and really fill that community? Um, and if you do, are you making time to monitor and really join in the dialogues that are happening within the people within your group? So just make sure whatever platform, the point of that is wherever you are, wherever that one place is, you're going to focus, find out why was this created and why are, how are people using this? How are my customers using this platform? What are they looking for when they come here and play up to those strengths? So to sum up that very first thing that you're going to do, you're going to make a list of all the places where you're communicating to your customer as of today. And then you're gonna go back and just look and chart. How consistent were you within the past 30, 60 and 90 days? Do you notice any patterns, any gaping holes, connection between the consistency and engagement or consistency in sales? And do you see any correlations between lack of consistency and lack of sales? That's just for you. That's going to be for your informational purposes and to help you determine if you're spreading yourself too thin, which chances are if you're writing down two or more places I think that means you are. And so what you're going to do next is you're going to decide on one social media platform that serves you best and commit yourself to focusing your attention and your efforts to that platform. You're going to then honor that platform by noting the strengths and offerings of that platform, educating yourself on that platform and playing to its strengths. And so, for instance, I told you right now I'm focusing on Facebook and my Facebook group. Well, you better believe I've taken a Facebook training. And like I said, I just hired someone who has taken over my Pinterest. Well, I purchased a Pinterest course and I had that person walk through that course so that she could educate herself because to me it's much less it costs much less for me to make the investment on learning how to do something and master it from someone who has done that in their business that saves me so much time and money and effort and then apply those principles and then succeed in that one place and so it's really important like I said that you know the platform that you're dealing with that you know what its strengths are, and that you utilize those strengths. And if you have really any questions on what those may look like for you, what the strengths of various platforms are, post a question in the Business Life Enjoy Facebook group and let's start a conversation about what that may look like for you. You can always join that group by going to shuntagrant.com forward slash community. That's S-H-U-N-T-A grant.com forward slash community. So I understand that for some people, it may not be as evident and clear on what platform they should give that attention to. I'd be happy to help you by um, chatting with you in the Facebook group. So come on over to the Business Life Enjoy Facebook group if you have any questions about this first step that I just went over. Now, I said all that, but in order to successfully do what I just told you, that I want you to do, which is to focus on that one platform and play to its strengths. That was number one, right? The second thing I need you to do is to make sure you are talking to the right people. So you can have an amazing product, whether it's a physical or a digital product or any type of offering, you could be the most qualified, you could have the best product in the whole wide world, right? But if you are talking to the wrong people, the people who either can't afford it, who don't acknowledge it's something that they need or desire in their lives. It doesn't matter, right? You're not talking to the person who is longing for it, looking for it, or in need of what you're looking at, right? So if someone is targeting an ad in, on Instagram, right, for instance, toward me, and it's a organic dog treat company, their efforts are so off because one, I don't own a dog. And two, actually none of my close friends own dogs. So I have zero need to know anything about organic dog treats. You're sending a message my way that's not for me at all. And in fact, it's not for anyone I even know. So you don't even get that benefit of me saying, okay, I don't need this, but I could give this as a gift for X, Y, or Z. No, right? So I want you to... Ask yourself, are you talking to people who 
one, need, want, or desire what you offer, and two, have the means to purchase from you without suffering hardship. You know, you don't want to be selling Prada to someone who's struggling to buy Cat and Jack at Target, right? So you want to make sure those two things are always present, that you're talking to people who need, want, or desire what you have and can purchase it without suffering hardship. So I want to make sure you're attracting the right people, because if not, that's going to lead to low to no sales, right? Because you're talking to the wrong crowd. You're not connecting with your audience. And if you're wondering who you have already attracted, because sometimes you have a group and you're like, yeah, I have this group, but they're just not buying. Is that group your audience? That could be the problem that you're talking to people who are not your audience or Is it that what you're portraying, what you're putting out there, it's not speaking to that audience? And so one thing you can do if you already have an audience, and that means if you have 50 people on your list or 50 people who follow you on Instagram or Facebook or in a Facebook group, whatever it is, it can be as low as 20 people, really. Um, I want you to survey them and find out what you can about that audience. And we're actually going to talk about how to survey your audience in next week's episode. But you survey them to find out, okay, here's who I know my ideal audience is. Let me see who these people are who I currently have. Do they fall within that audience, right? So you want to find out if you already have an audience, you know, am I talking to the right people? Because you can easily see how not talking to the right people could be the source of your lack of sales, right? You also could have, you know, and that's the kind of why I have, I tell people to be careful about all these loop giveaways and things like that. If you're looping and if you're doing giveaways with companies that don't have your audience, you bring in all these new people and you're like, yes, I just got like 300 new followers. Woohoo, 300 new people on my email list. Yeah, but they, they're not your audience. It doesn't, that doesn't help you. If they're not coming and saying, oh my gosh, I love this brand, what they have to offer. I've been looking for something like this, or I didn't even know I needed something like this or wanted something like this until I saw it. If it's not those people, and then they have the means to get it, then you've just wasted whatever money you put out there for that giveaway or whatever object you gave out. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, So the first thing I want you to do is if you have a current audience is to survey that audience, figure out who it is that's listening to you right now, because you want to make sure that that's who it is you're trying to talk to. Or if you're trying to figure out who am I attracting, take the survey and then that's going to tell you who you're attracting. And then you can then internalize and say, okay, is that who we're trying to attract? So I'm trying to attract moms of daughters. I take a survey and I find out that I have a lot of teenagers and you know people who have sons, then I'm doing something wrong because that's not who I'm trying to talk to. So hopefully that makes sense as the first step. Um, you wanna find out who's sitting right there in front of you in the first place. The next thing I want you to do is to make a list of three to five words that describe your business or your brand your product or whatever you offer, and your audience. So you're going to come up with three to five words that describe your brand. You're going to come up with three to five words that describe the product or the offering or the service that you provide. And then you're also going to come up with three to five words that describe your target audience. Then when you're looking at those words on a sheet of paper, I want you to visit your website, your blog, your social media channels, read through some of the last emails you sent to your audience and ask yourself, do those words come to your mind? Do you see those words actually written in different places? Do you see images that portray those words that you just wrote? Because if you don't, then that could be the reason why you're not attracting the audience that is looking for those things. I'll give you an example because if you're like me, I like examples. I learn from, you know, examples. So just this week, I was talking to another business owner about Laura Casey. I am a big Laura Casey supporter. And so I sent over this girl to Laura Casey's website. I said, oh, go to her website, look at it, you'll love her. And within less than one minute, she wrote back to me and said, I've only been on her site for a minute and I love her already. Now, this person was able to find decide in her mind that she loved Laura Casey within one minute of being on her website. And that's because she is the audience that Laura Casey is 
trying to reach, right? The words on her page, the colors, the fonts, the message that Laura communicates right at the outset on her page speaks to who she is and who she wants to attract. She has vibrant colors. Her immediate statement talks about the role that her faith plays in her life. She talks about marriage and she just immediately catches your attention. She's immediately catches the attention of the person who is in her audience is what I'm saying. And that person was able to feel that and get that within being in her presence on her website within a minute. You know, is that what your customer is going to feel? Your target audience, when they go to your website, are they going to immediately know this person is for me? This product is for me. This service is exactly what I've been looking for. And I wanted it to be taught and, and said and done in a way that this person does. Another example, um, during an early assessment, so I do a pre-assessment um, with clients. Um, and so before I even talked to this person, I reviewed their website, among other things. And when I went to his website, before we ever had a conversation, within 30 seconds on his homepage, my first thought was, oh, he makes products that are geared toward men because I saw dark browns and black and pictures were grayed out and looked kind of smoky. Um, and so... Later, after talking to him, I learned that his target audience, they're women and his web. And it wasn't trying to attract like, you know, some women like, you know, darker colors and monocratic monochromatic schemes. And no, it wasn't that it was that he just the the colors, the pictures, all of it just completely repelled who he wanted to actually attract and so because of that, sales were going to be low, right? Sales are going to be low if you're trying to attract someone to, you know, something goth and dark. And when they come to your website, they see clowns and rainbows, right? No, that's not going to attract that person. They're going to close the door immediately. Um, so even though his products were absolutely amazing and top notch, well, when his target audience, the people he wants to buy from him come to his website, if they come to his website, they would most likely click off the website before really even giving the product page a visit because it just did not speak to them. He was talking to the wrong audience with his use of color images and even just the text and the word uh, word choices, right? And a final example that I think a lot of you can relate to is myself. So I'm a business educator and I want to attract joy seeking entrepreneurs. You don't see that a lot, right? You find people who are attracting boss babes and girl bosses and hustlers and, you know, my, I don't even know, <laughs> but you know, all those things, which if that's what you want to be, excellent. There's an audience for everyone. But for me, I am seeking joy seeking entrepreneurs who believe that both their business and their life can be filled with joy. And that's why I lead with that in all that I do. I lead with the fact that I believe that joy is important and that joy in your life matters more than it does more than your business. Not once have I ever led with, I want to make X. I want to talk to people who want to make X amount of dollars in Y amount of days because I'm not looking to attract people whose primary concern and focus is how much they can make and how much they can make quickly, right? Those people would likely be quickly repelled from me because I'm not going to talk about that from that angle, from that perspective. And I'm definitely not going to lead with that. I don't speak their language. I talk about thinking long term and making decisions that aren't going to be get rich quick, you know, strategies. I focus on what are your life goals? And then we can talk about how your business fits within that. I lead with that um, always. And I want to attract people who view business from that perspective. That's my audience. And that dictates the stories that I tell, why I share about my life and business and how they intersect and work harmoniously together. And so hopefully you understand the examples here of always leading with that thing that I know is going to resonate with the people I want to resonate with, right? I want to resonate with people who are joy seeking entrepreneurs. So I talk about that as being important. And I talk about joy. I mean, the name of this podcast is the business life and joy podcast, right? It's not the hustlers made hard or girl chick bosses. You know, it's just not that because that's not who I'm trying to attract. That's not my audience. 
And so I want you to think about that. What words are you using? What pictures and images? What stories are you telling? And do they relate back to those words you wrote down that describe your audience and describe your product and describe your brand? And another thing I didn't mention this one and I should have is also describe how do you want your customers to feel in your brand's presence? How do you want... um or what are the values of your customers? Write down one or two words for those also. I do that myself. I think that's really important to go over the values of your customer because it's gonna help you to keep that at the top of your mind and to also weave that in to what you share and how you speak to your customers, the words on your websites, the images that you use. All of that is just really, really important. And it may sound like a simple, simple thing, but it's so huge and it's so important because if you want to see more sales, you have to talk to the people who want to buy what you have to offer. If you want to attract them, you have to use the language that matters to them. That's going to get them to move and get them to want to know you, your brand, move to your website and purchase and become faithful, loyal customers. Now, another thing that I see people do um, that is a big mistake when you're trying, when you're talking about your audience is you make the mistake of thinking that everyone is your audience, right? Oh, our shirts are for all women. We're one size fit all company or we're for all teens. We're for everyone. Are you really for everyone? Make sure that your marketing is really kind of honed down to tell the person who are you really trying, who is this product really for? Are you trying to be modern, avant-garde, southern, chic, hip, vintage, like all of the words, all of the adjectives, all of the things? Then that could be another reason why you are not seeing sales. Because when you're trying to, Marie Forleo always says, if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. (laughs) That's something she says all the time. And it's so true. If you're trying to talk to everyone, you're going to attract no one because you want to talk specifically to that person. I mean, think about it. For me, for instance, some random things that I love. I love, you know, guac and chips and dip. Um, not chips and dip, but you know, salsa and chips. And I love walking into Target and TJ Maxx. And so if I were happened to be on a website and it said, you know, um, you know, I love Target, Target loving moms who enjoy the occasional, you know, Mexican chips and salsa, like boom, right? Got me. That's me. I'm going to feel really connected to that person. If I'm on a website that just says, we love all women, all women rock. Yes, all women rock. Okay, sure. But I don't feel that connection immediately because you didn't say something that speaks to me. You didn't say, um, you didn't narrow that down, right? So yeah, there's women, then you can narrow that down by moms. But even within that, there's moms of daughters, there's moms of sons, there's moms of twins. If you have a brand that's like for twins, there's moms who love, you know, colors, moms who hate pink, you know, mom, you know, there's narrow that down, you cannot talk to everybody. And so what really helped me with that is the word, writing the words, um, the exercise I gave you where you write out the three to five words, because that's going to give you the words that also are going to describe, help you narrow down that circle. I don't want you to be afraid to narrowly define who your offering is for. And as much as it sounds like a paradox, narrowing down and choosing not to try to speak to everyone will allow you to actually speak to more people. And it will actually allow more people that actually want what you have to offer. It also allows you to show up more consistently because you can say one consistent message as opposed to trying to speak to everybody under the sun. Like one day you're trying to talk to the young people. So you're using like, you know, logo lingo that I won't get because I don't. mm -mm. (laughs) Or then you're trying to appeal to the older generation. So you start using some throwback language and, you know, talk about the 80s. But if your audience wasn't born or wasn't around in the 80s, why would you use 80s references, right? Um, so you just have to really make sure that you're narrowing down who it is you're talking about. And like I said, even within a category such as like moms or moms of daughters, I still that is still way too, that's way too wide rather. Narrow it down and then determine why that narrow group matters as it relates to your brand. 
So just think back to the example I gave earlier about my personal brand. My audience are joy-seeking entrepreneurs who seek joy in both their business and life. They value their health and their family over their bottom line. But they're also really hard workers willing to do what strategic work that's necessary to grow and build their business, but at their desired pace, not the desired pace of onlookers, right? And why that matters to my brand is because it's the principle, it's the backbone to everything that I teach. And that narrows it down. It's not just entrepreneurs. It's not just business owners. And even within that joy realm of business owners. I also particularly work with those who have physical, digital or info products, meaning you sell a physical product that you either make or ship. You have an info product such as a course or a PDF or ebook or a digital product such as like prints for artists. Those are the people I work with because I have a physical products based business. And that's what I know. I only teach what I know. So someone who is looking for three steps to $40 million by Tuesday, they're not going to find high value from me. And I'm not going to start a conversation with that. They're not going to want to start a conversation with me most likely. Um, As it relates to because of Zoe Designs, my hair bows are colorful and modern. They speak to moms who want their hair bow, who want hair bows that reflect the playfulness of childhood. Moms who love bows with ice cream cones and fruits and bold colors. You know, so the monochromatic mom who wants everything in black or white, who wears Adidas and, you know, just has the really cool hipster child. They're probably not going to be attracted to my brand. And that's perfectly fine because they're brands for them. The mom who's looking for, you know, the high end Chanel dress for her daughter is probably not going to be attracted to my brand because my images are going to show more of playing on the playground, rolling in the mud, um, you know, being out in the open, you know, being outdoors, being in your playroom, playing with her tea sets or reading a book. Um, my mom is the mom that's on the playground, getting down and dirty with her daughter, riding on the slides and eating ice cream cones, getting messy, playing in the playroom, laying on the floor, reading books on the, on the carpet, on the rug, in the bed. She doesn't take her daughter's clothes too seriously because she believes in the importance of play and wants her daughter to enjoy childhood and laughter as opposed to trying to be the next Vogue model. And again, there's no shade for those moms. I'm just talking about the moms who my brand attracts and who is my audience and whom I'm trying to converse and and attract with my words, my images, my copy on my website, everything that I do. And you may say, well, wouldn't you want to attract any type of person who would be willing to buy your stuff? And I'm going to tell you the answer to that is no, because we're not actually trying to create one person to come and buy our product and then go away. We are trying to create raving fans or what I call a loyal league. The person who's not going to just come and buy from you once, but they're going to buy again and again and again, then they're going to buy for their friends. It's going to become their go-to gift for their friends, or that just works for my product. But you know what you have may be a little different, but you want to create or attract your ideal person because that is going to be the person that comes and sticks and falls in love with what you have to offer. So I live in the South, for example, and in the South, Super huge ribbon bows are just a thing. And I mean bows like that literally expand the, the width of a girl's head. And so that was pretty much what I had at my, you know, fingertips. That's what was offered to me when I had my daughter, which is also why I started my own hair bow company, because I needed something different. Um, but that lets me know I'm probably not going to speak to that Southern mom, traditional Southern mom. But what I can do is speak to that Southern mom who is here in the South like me and says, I need another option because this is like all I have, you know? So you just have to go back and think to yourself, who is this for? Who is the person that is going to take this product and run with it and come back time and time and time again? What are the words that describe her? What are him or her? What are his or her values? What are the words that describe my product and describe that audience member? And then make sure that you're seeing those things portrayed and reflected in your branding, in your copy, which means your words, in your captions on social media, in your images, everywhere, in your emails, Everywhere you go, you those words need to be at the forefront. And so I hope that exercise, that exercise tends to really help people. 
and get some light bulbs going when I have them to do that exercise to write out those words. So I hope that you will take time to do that um, because knowing your audience is vital in, in every aspect of your business. Like if you don't know your audience, then that's so foundational. That's like laying down the cement before building a house, right? So this is one I really want you to make sure you go back and check, even if you think you know, because if you are listening to this and your sales have been slow to know, I promise you there's probably somewhere in there where you're not really talking to the right people. And that's not only talking to the people who currently exist, but finding new people within that audience, right? Or within, yeah, within that target audience to bring them in. So we always have our current customers that we're always loving on, but we're also always trying to find new people in the audience to pull in. So let's do a quick summary of that second thing that you're going to do to ensure that you're talking to the right people. Um, And remember, where possible, you're going to determine where and how you can hone in on that audience by narrowing it even further. So you're going to start by surveying your current audience to determine the commonalities or determine whether your actual audience actually fits within your desired audience. And for some of you, you may have already done this, so you don't need to do this again. But again, we are going to talk about how to survey your audience on next week. So that's great timing. The second thing is you're going to write out words that describe your product, your brand, your ideal audience, the values of your audience and how you want your audience to feel in your brand's presence. How do you want them to feel? Do you want them to feel um, hopeful, joyful, happy? Do you want them to write those words out? Then you're going to review your website copy, your photos, your social media, your emails. And would you use those same words you just wrote down to describe your images, your social media feeds, your emails, the language that you use when you're communicating to your audience? And number three, you're going to ask yourself, am I trying to talk to everybody? Because Marie Forleo says, if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. I'm trying to do her like New Jersey (laughs) accent. Um, But truly, if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. Do you speak in one voice in one place and then a different voice in another? How can you narrow down your audience and then cater everything you do to speak only to that audience to the point where anyone outside of that audience would immediately know that this is not for me when they're in your brand's presence? So that was number two. That's the second thing I want you to do if you found that you've had sales being slow to know because a lot of the times it's tied to not speaking to the right people, not pulling in the right audience. And finally, the third thing that I want you to do is to ensure that you are aware of your remarkable or noteworthy selling proposition. And so what I mean by that is, what is that noteworthy or remarkable thing about you, your products, your offering, your story, your brand? What is that thing that helps you to stand out and attract your audience or the thing that is remarkable and people remember about you and your story, um, whether it's a story about how you came to create your business, if it's something very unique about your products, if it's something unique about the way in which you create or make your products, if it's about your unique experience um, that gives you uh, a different perspective from where you come from and how you teach um, or how you put together your offerings. There's so many wide and unique ways you can do that or just something really unique about your product. Um, So I want to give you an example that stands out in my mind. There is um, a business called her name of her company is Allie Wood Creations. And I started following her on Instagram after she purchased some hair bows and hip bands for her daughter. And she at that time was making, you know, just different wood creations. Like she actually was like carving different shapes and things out of wood. But what I noticed what she did eventually was she found one unique type of product and she began to focus on that. And when she did, I felt like her business was kind of, it was almost like a rebirth. And so now what she creates is she takes, um, she recreates handwriting and children's art and things that mean she recreates handwriting and children's art. So some of the things she does, for instance, is um, say you have a parent who passed away and your sister wants to get you a gift for your birthday. And so she finds a letter that your parent who passed away may have written you. She would send that letter or a copy of that letter to Allie and Allie would literally 
carve out in wood that handwriting and it looks exactly like the person's handwriting. And then that would be gifted to that person and they open it and they see a wood creation in their parents' handwriting and people are doing it in their children's handwriting. People are recreating their children's artwork into these beautiful wood images and it's something so unique and just so different. I've never seen anyone ever do this with wood art before and it's just so different. And it's again, that goes back to number two, is so niche down and the product is so narrowed down in what she creates and what she does. And that stands out. I love going over to her feed because a lot of the time she'll have videos of people when they're opening their gifts and they realize it's the handwriting of a loved one and it just moves people to tears or, you know, handwriting of a child. Oh, she also does. I love this. She does the... Um, recreation of a sonogram so it creates a little image and I think those make just wonderful and beautiful and thoughtful gifts um, particularly to those who may have lost their child um, so what she does is just so unique but it's it's remarkable right it's something that you remember it's something that's noteworthy it's something that you would think about something you would tell someone else if you were just randomly having a conversation, something you would bring up. One thing for me, um, for an example, a lot of people, when they've come and talk to me and find me, they say, yeah, I heard you were a lawyer. And then you started a bow company. So that's something that's, you know, remarkable and noteworthy. People who hear my full story, I continue to get people who come in and say, yeah, I heard that. Is that true? That's something that people are going to talk about. It's kind of a story that someone would repeat yeah, there's this girl, this woman who has a bow company, but she was a lawyer at first. And so it's something that's, you know, remarkable, stands out. And oddly enough, I've met people out in public before and they I'd tell them what I do. And they would, I've actually had someone say, yeah, I heard about this company that was started. Hair bows must be big. I heard about this um, woman who started a bow company after being a lawyer. And I was like, tell me more about this. And it turns out found out he was talking about me. And that was really cool. Um, um, but yeah, so find those things. Like I said, it doesn't have to be all the things. It doesn't have to be something remarkable about your product and your story and your brand, but something that people are going to come back to. And you want to keep that in the forefront and you want to make sure that that's relevant and um, basically in the forefront of your audience. You want to be able to communicate that thing to your audience. What is it that's really unique about what you offer, the way that you do it, the why behind what you do? Um, what is it that you're hoping this will help families create? Um things like that. Ask yourself those questions and then make sure that you're putting that out there. And I don't want you to get caught up in thinking, okay, well, I make, you know, dresses for girls. This is, there's tons of people that make dresses for girls, or I make, I don't know, I'm trying to think of different things, you know, moccasins, and there are tons of people who make moccasins. But, you know, I know a lot of, I follow a lot of those brands because for like girls clothing, because I have a daughter, but they're all so different and they all have different and unique things that stand out about them. You know, do you hand dye your products and are your products, you know, being handmade and handcrafted no, is no longer like that unique thing. There are lots of handmade um, businesses out there, which I think is excellent. And I'm so grateful um, for that. I like to shop handmade as much as possible. Um, but think about what it is about what you do, because here's the thing. What you do, no one else can do because the, of the fact that it's you that's doing it or your brand story, why you started your business. That's unique to you. I started my business because I had a need that I couldn't find. So I made it for myself and then I made it for other mothers out there who needed that thing. I had a need to hear positive things about business without it being hustle, 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 stay up till 4am. Don't go to sleep. If you're if you're sleeping, you're missing out on your money. If you're not a girl boss, you're just, you know, I needed a space that talked about something else that talked about business from a different perspective that represent not represented, but that respected that hard work is necessary and hard work um, and working strategically and being organized and intentional was important, but not leading misleading people to think that that's at the sacrifice of health and sleep and family and relationships. And so I created that, right? And then I made that kind of my platform. What I want to be known for is really changing the way people think about life. And I weave that in through talking about business because they're so intersected, right? Um, 
So think about why is it, and so I'm basically trying to give you some ideas of if you need to figure out what that thing is for you. Think back to why you started your business. Think back um, to um, what it is that's so different about the way you do your product. Um, And that will help you to think what is that remarkable or noteworthy thing that you want to continue to put out there and stress out there are your fabrics, you know, organic and they're, you know, from some, you know, foreign country. What is it about your product or your offering? Um, Do you have a background that makes you really kind of I guess helps you to think about things from a really unique and think different way. Um, Just trying to think of different ways for you to think through what it is that makes you unique. And again, if you need help thinking through this, I want you to hop into the Business Life Enjoy um, Facebook group because it'd be very easy for you to ask your question and get some input and feedback from me and other business owners who can help you think through that. If you can show us what you do and kind of walk us through it, I'd love to help you with that because sometimes it's hard to... um, feel like you're different. And I have been there and I understand that. But once you learn how to step back and really think about your business and think back to the meaning behind your business and your why, you begin to look at your business with a fresh lens and a fresh eye. So I understand that sometimes that can be quite difficult and I'd love to be able to be a help to you. So you can, again, join us over in the Business Life and Joy community at shantagrant.com forward slash community. And just note that you had a question about podcast episode number 14 and we can chat about it. But that is the third thing that I want you to do. And you're going to find that when you have that thing that is remarkable and noteworthy, that helps you to be top of mind to that audience that matters. And then you're focusing your efforts on that one place where you're going to really dive in. Because I have seen when I have consistently put my efforts into one place, the results there is just it's, it can't be coincidence. It's um, it's drastically different. And so if you have seen slow to no sales or you've been having problems with sales, I want you to do these three steps and I want you to report back to me um, what type of difference you saw. Did it make a difference? What type of difference and kind of what you learned about your business um, along the way. And you can, again, hop in the Facebook group and share that with me at the Business Life Enjoy Facebook group. So I'm going to sum up those three things one final time, what I want you to do, and then I'm going to let you get right to it. And I'm really excited because I I think this is going to help so many of you who have been frustrated with the fact that you're not seeing the sales that you either used to see, or you're just not seeing them because you're just starting off with this foundational work. So let's do a quick recap of the three things that I want you to do, and then I'm going to let you get to work. So the first thing that you're going to do is to narrow down where you're focusing your efforts as it relates to communicating to your audience. You're going to pick one social media platform and speak consistently there to your audience. Remembering that you're going to use the strength and honor the strength of whatever platform that you use. And remember, if you have any questions that you can ask away in the Facebook group. Second, you're going to ensure that you're talking to the right people. And how you're going to figure that out is to first survey your existing audience to determine whether or not you're attracting the, uh, your target audience, your desired audience. One great question that you're going that you can ask them is to descri- have them describe your brand to you. Are they giving you those words that you that I encourage you to write down? You're going to write out words that describe your brand, your ideal audience, your product, how you want your audience to feel in the presence of your product or your in the presence of your brand or your product and the values of your audience. And you're going to make sure that those words are reflected everywhere that your brand touches, okay? And then you're gonna make sure that you have narrowed down who it is you're speaking to. So that was all number two, the second thing that you're gonna do. And then that third and final thing that I want you to do is to ensure that you are communicating your unique or your remarkable and noteworthy aspect of your business, your brand, you, your story, your products, something that is going to 
attract your audience and keep them talking about your brand, your story, your products, the ingredients you use, the type of fabrics you use, whatever it is that is that remarkable and noteworthy thing about your brand, your story, you, your products, the process that you use, any of those things will work. And again, if you have any questions or need some help thinking through that, then hop on over, join the Business Life Enjoy community and let's talk about it because that's what it's created for, to really continue conversations that begin here on the podcast as well as where I do lots of other teachings um, within the group. So those are the three things that if you do those three things, I truly believe you will find that when you're talking to the right people, and you're using your energy in one focused place, that's when you will begin to see the results and your sales will go back to normal. Or if you're just starting out or you've never encountered consistent sales, you'll begin to see that consistency rewarded for your consistency. So thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I hope that you have heard something in today's episode that resonates with you and speaks to you. Now, if you have enjoyed the Business Life Enjoy podcast, I would love if you would leave a review in iTunes. Simply search for the podcast or my name, Shante Grant, tap on the review button and leave a review. It not only helps to spread this podcast to others, but it lets me know that you're listening and enjoying the content. So thank you so much for taking a moment today to leave a review. I look forward to reading each and every one. I hope that wherever you are and whatever you are doing, that the sound of my voice finds you in the midst of pursuing something that has sincere meaning to you. You can find a brand new episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast waiting just for you each and every Monday morning. Until then, my friends, may your business and your life be filled with joy. Bye for now.